Welcome to the Life of Christ Series 5. This is Term 1, and we're beginning a new year, and this is Lesson 1. We are in Chapter 17. We're beginning Chapter 17, in fact. And it is entitled, The Twelve Apostles. We're going to begin in Mark Chapter 3. And I'm going to read verse 13 and 14. It says that, And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. And then he appointed twelve. So this is the account of Jesus finally choosing his twelve apostles. With William Hendrickson writing, the transition again is very natural. With so many sick to be healed, so many demoniacs to be set free, so much preaching needed, it was natural that Jesus would authorize some of his followers to have a share in the work he himself was doing. Moreover, the hostility of the religious leaders had become so bitter that cooperation with them had become impossible. God's people must therefore become separately organized. I think that's really interesting. Now, this is not some radical, you know, word of faith, charismatic person. This is a mainline commentator saying all of these things. Um, and, and somebody that's actually very well respected. It's sad, isn't it, that this has actually been the case down through the ages. And in fact, it has been one of the things that other religions and people sort of criticizing Christianity have used against us, you know, that we're always, you know, breaking off and we, we're doing all sorts of different things and everything else. You know what I'm trying to say? Can I give you a positive spin on that? For the number of types of people that there are in the world, dear God, we need that many different kinds of churches, I think. <laughs> you know, you can't find a church, as much as we like to think maybe we are, you'll always find that different people get drawn to different churches based on spirituality, on maturity, on the way they think on what they think a church should be like, on their giftings. I could list so many things, you know. Uh, at one point in time, you know, I was always looking for everybody to come to our church. Now, thank God they don't, <laughs> you know. Because we did have a time when kind of everybody came. And it got pulled in so many different directions. And after a while, even I didn't know what we were meant to be doing. Because I started thinking, maybe I'm missing something, because people are saying, well, we should be doing this, and we should be doing that. And, and have you noticed when they say, we should be doing that, they're actually saying, you should be doing it? Now, I have the idea, but you do the work. <laughs> okay? Uh, and, um, and, you know, they, they'll say, well, we'll help. Except when you need their help, they're not there. So, you know, that doesn't work either. Are you all with me? Amen? So, you know, so I've, I realized at one point in time, you know, as much as I might like certain people, if they're not meant to be in this church, then they better not be in this church. Because they're going to start pulling in directions that is going to cause the, the word to not come out the way it should. Because when people pull in the wrong directions, then I'm, I'm finding myself a lot of times correcting things rather than preaching a positive message. You all know what I'm trying to say? Amen? Uh, and I, don't, I really don't like that. So I, and, and that's when the Lord should have showed that to me. And He said... You know, you need to thank me, thank God, <laughs> okay, that there are different churches out there. And he said, don't get mad with them just because they're not doing it your way. So, you know what? Today, I'm glad. I'm just thankful that there is a place. If somebody comes to our church and we go, dear God, you don't belong here. Hopefully, they'll find some other church. 
And they'll go, well, you're perfect for us. And we, we go, thank God. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen. In other words, instead of working with the established organization at the time, Jesus had to start up a separate organization in order to carry out God's perfect will in this earth. What we often miss in what's said here is that it was the Lord's will at, uh, that the religious leaders of his time recognize their error of their ways, set aside their pride, and join him. Now, I've made mention of this before, so this is not a new thought. And had they done so, he would have given them power, the right and authority to do the very things they were called to do, and be able to do it in their own synagogues. Wouldn't that be awesome? And what a blessing that would have been, uh, I should have said, to them. To them, to have their own members see their rabbi in this marvelous light, preaching life-changing messages, healing the sick, casting out demons, and even in time to come, raise, raising the dead. This was what God's perfect will was. He wanted to come and establish. See, they were holding the word of God. You know, and they were meant to understand and know the word enough so that when the word, that's the reason why, have you ever noticed why, you know, not all the reasons why, but one of the reasons why, the Apostle John says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word, verse 17, became flesh and dwelt among us, was to let the religious leaders know that the very word that they were studying walked up one day. It wasn't something else. It wasn't somebody coming to oppose the law. Remember Jesus said, I came to what? Fulfill every jot, every tittle. Okay? Which means that he would not break any law. So what the Apostle John was trying to say, and what these religious leaders were meant to understand, was that if they kept the word of God the way they should have, when Jesus arrived, they would have recognized the word of God in fleshly form. They would have then thought, wow, here he is. This is what we've been studying. These are what all the types and shadows have been about. He's here, boys. <laughs> okay? The Messiah has come. I mean, it should have been a glorious day when he turned up. And it should have been one of those things that caused them to repent and kind of, you know, have one of these godly committee meetings. <laughs> okay? <laughs> right? And, and brought everybody together and said, look, we believe that this is our Messiah. So we need to get our houses all right. We need to go and we need to check and see what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and so on and so forth. Because this guy isn't just preaching, he's healing. Alright, this isn't somebody that has flowery words. He's actually laying hands on the sick. They are recovering. Things are happening like in the Old Testament times, man. I mean, this is it. It's happening right in front of our eyeballs, you know. And that's what should have been the case. And had they done that, Jesus then would have a point. See, his whole, the whole point of him coming was to give them authority. Right. Do you understand? They had been doing the work. He's, he's coming now to say, look, let me show you a higher way. Let me show you a better way. Right. Amen. And since you guys, see, have you ever wondered how come Jesus didn't go too far from his own hometown? What should have happened is this. The rabbis should have then sent message out to all the rabbis everywhere and said you need to come to Jerusalem you know there is somebody here not too far from us he's living in Capernaum right now okay he moved remember he moved from Nazareth to Capernaum I don't know if you remember that or not okay but he, he went to Capernaum all right and he's, he's, he's not that far away from us come down here we'll have a huge meeting let him talk to us and let him do his thing 
Because what Jesus would have done then is empowered all of these religious leaders and they would have all gone back to wherever they came from. They would have been laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. They would have been casting out demons. They would have been raising the dead. He wouldn't have had to leave and do anything, go anywhere. They would have just come to him. He would have been training them up and sending them out. Which is what he wanted to do. Can you see now what should have happened and how the word of God should have spread very quickly to all the surrounding areas while he was still alive? Do you get this? Because they, would have, they should have just invited everybody down. They would have, just like what we do today, come to Anaheim or come to you know, wherever and, and get in on these meetings. And you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, and people from all over the world go there and, and ministered to, empowered and everything else. And then they go back to their churches. Fly back, ship back, whatever. They just go back and then they minister. Are you all with me? That's exactly what was meant to happen here. So that's what I mean when I say that God's perfect will was that. Now what happens when that doesn't happen? What happens when everybody's in rebellion? Well, now we get to see what happened in the Gospels, which is really sad. Okay? So he has to take the people that are around him and, and give them power, and which, which is what we're going to see in a minute, okay? and send them out to do what all of these other established leaders should have been doing. Are you with me? And then I reckon he probably would have used the, the 12 disciples and, to become apostles to send them out and say, if you guys need any help, we're here. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen. And if we can't help you, then we'll get Jesus. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay? Because so, we, we all have seen what he can do. So we know if, if there's a problem we, we, we've seen, hopefully we can solve it. But if we can't, then we'll bring him. Wouldn't that be just normal? Wouldn't that just be like the logical thing? Okay? So, that doesn't happen. So, here we are. So, let's move on. I've said here, but sadly because of their pride and rebellion, they not only uh, missed out on all of it, but on heaven as well. Really sad. Because when we look at uh, Matthew 8 and verse 12, I've got those scriptures down the bottom. And Luke 13, 28, that's why Jesus says, But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared. Can you see that? See, that was God's will. I reckon God was you know, looking and saying, wow, you know, that little preacher that's been in that synagogue for so long, oh, he's just going to shine out, man, and all this is going to happen, and some amazing things are going to happen, and we've got a place for him up here when he's done. Except he rebelled. Now he had to give that place to somebody else. <laughs> you know, which is very, very sad. And that's why he says, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, I'm reading down the bottom in the little footnotes, he says, will be cast into outer darkness. Isn't that sad that there was a place prepared for them and because of their rebellion, they were cast out? How horrible is that to see your name on something and you, could, and you never take possession of it? Because of, you know, not you, but their stinking attitude. Okay, I was going to say, you, you know, okay, but it's them, okay? <laughs> and that's why it says where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Luke 13, 28 says something similar again. Jesus talking, he says, there will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. All right, so that's what it means when, again, you know, they, this was God's perfect will for them. But because of their rebellion, they missed out on all of it. All right, moving on. Now, returning to the subject at hand, even though Mark simply states, and this is really important, 
that he went up on a mountain on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted in Luke's parallel account Luke includes a crucial aspect as to how Jesus chose his disciples by saying in Luke 6:12 now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God I want you to notice that Jesus before he made any big decisions he prayed Amen which tells us something and we're going to I'm going to read some things here that that we're going to encourage us the same way so let me not take that thunder away okay so first of all notice here how Jesus separated himself from everyone including his disciples so that he could continue in prayer all night to the father okay that's number 1 there are times when you need to separate yourself from everything around you and just spend some time with the father the reason is you need that quietness you need that centering that happens there is a centering that happens you know where god will just center you and everything will come into focus yeah cuz sometimes what happens is you know we there are so many things going on around us there are so many things that are happening it's a whirlwind and we miss things we, we we can't really pick out where we are what we're doing and and what we're meant to be doing next you know and one of the things that i find is when i'm in that time say <laughs> I won't tell who. I won't tell you who, okay? But I remember there was an individual that, you know, their life isn't doing so well right now. And and no no surprise we were you know I used to talk to him about prayer and stuff and he says, "Well, I just pray on the run." And I thought, "Well, if that's the case, you're never ever really spending any real time with God." You know, you can't pray on the run. Do you understand? The only way you can do that is after you've spent some time centering yourself. Then you can do it on the run because you've got it. Once you've got that anchor, once you've got a, 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 a handle on things, then you can move. Then you can hear God as you're moving. Do you understand? But you'll always find that you still need to go back at some stage and recenter because things start to fly out a little bit. You know? Okay. And I just remembered. that I just I just thought to myself you're not your life isn't going to be this isn't going to end well let me say that okay and 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 sure enough we 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 in that place now anyway arkent hughes writes what do we learn from jesus we sometimes need to get away we need times of silence we need a place we need time for what is important god and those closest to us. Sometimes it may seem like an impossible task to find the time to do this, but if Jesus was able to somehow carve out some time with God, then we should be able to do the same. And if we can't, then we're too busy and we need to reevaluate our life and our priorities before it's too late. Can I say that? Okay, don't get into guilt and condemnation, okay? And when I say carve out some time, family, can I just share with you some of the things, you know, days that I have been the busiest. One of the things that I do is just when I'm in, you know, when I'm lying down before I go to sleep, I start praying. Now you might you you know you might say to me, dear God, pastor, as soon as my head hits the pillow, I'm gone, you know. Fair enough. If that's the case, you just need to say to God, God, this is the only time I have. So you need to help me out here a little bit. Listen to me. We serve a supernatural God. If you are busy and I understand that, I get it. Okay, I do get it. Ask God to show you sometimes. 
you'll be surprised at the places that He might pick for you to pray. Amen? And you know what? Whatever you can do, then there's, if you do your best, there's a grace over it. Amen. I've just found that. That God will just put a grace over all your life. And when you can get to it, you get to it. There will just be all this protection and grace covering you till you get there. Amen. Amen. And can I say this? Because He's a supernatural God, things will start changing. Your schedule will start changing. Things will happen. Whatever you, your, whatever you desire, whatever your heart's desire, He will make it happen supernaturally, somehow. But we need to have the desire. Otherwise it won't happen. I've just found that. Okay, if we say it's impossible, it will never happen. Amen? My job is to show you what's possible. Amen? Just open up your heart and your mind. Okay. I like this. Vance Havner, I don't know, is that how you said, put it so well when he said, if we do not follow Christ's example to come apart, okay, we may indeed just come apart. <laughs> okay? I like that. <laughs> Amen. In the Full Life Study Bible, it says that again and again Jesus sought to be alone with his Father in prayer, especially at times of uh, momentous decisions. And following this night of prayer, Jesus chose the twelve to become his apostles. If Jesus, the perfect Son of God, spent a whole night in prayer to the Father in order to make an important decision, how much more do we, with all our weaknesses and failings, need to spend nights in prayer and in close communion with our Heavenly Father? Again, please don't take this and, and cause condemnation to come on you. Okay, it's, All of this is just showing the need for prayer. Amen? That, that we do need to spend some time praying somewhere, somehow. And even if we're doing it in little bits and pieces. One of the things that... Let me share something else with you. One of the things that I've found is that, you know, if I get the, the, you know, just a few minutes to, to get centered, okay, uh, in my prayer time, all right, may not take a long time. I've found that as I go out and start doing things, I'm still praying under my breath. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it'll happen. Once you crank up that engine, it'll keep going. Okay, and sometimes I find myself just praying and not even realizing that I'm praying. You know, and, and I'll be doing something, I'm, I'm still praying. I, I'm just like, oh, oops. <laughs> okay, I need to watch that, you know, when you're in, at work and stuff. But all I'm saying is that God will do things and work through you. Amen? That's, that's one of the reasons why uh, praying in the Spirit is such an awesome thing. Okay, because you can disengage your mind sometimes and keep praying, which is, which is pretty amazing. All right. Let's move on. And so, only after this intense time of prayer and close communion, communion with His Father to determine His, that's God's perfect will for His, that's Jesus' life and future ministry, does it go on to say in Luke chapter 6 and verse 13, <laughs> And when it was day, He called His disciples to Himself, okay, of which there were at least 20, uh, 70, according to Luke 10.1, by the way, and from them he chose twelve, of whom he also named apostles. All right. So, in, so just look down the bottom in your footnotes, because I've got a note down there. I've got Luke, the, uh, chapter 10 and verse 1, it's the second footnote. It says, after these things the Lord appointed seventy others also, and sent them two by two. All right. So there was a lot of people following him. So, you know, I just reckon, you know, when he chose 12, it was like the lottery. You know, <laughs> you know these 12 were like, woo, we're in, okay? 
Only to find that nine of them get left behind a lot of times and he goes off with the other three. <laughs> no, we won't go there. I'm just playing with you. Anyway, <laughs> so in addition to needing time apart alone and spending all night in prayer to the Father, notice also that Jesus in all of his perfection knew the importance of sharing his great work with others. The reason for this is twofold. Firstly, no single individual can effectively fulfill a God-given ministry. There will be others that are called by God to help fulfill it. And it is only in prayer that we will recognize that calling and allow them to help us with the load. When we first began ministry, you know, I'd just look at everybody and think, oh, okay, what are they meant to be doing? Because one of the places that I sort of learned... I don't know. I put learnt in quotes. Okay. All right. About sort of how to uh, work with people and, you know, as people come in, how to find their gift and get them working and doing this and doing that and everything else. And, you know, I was sort of looking at that. And so, without, sometimes you can learn so much that you stop praying and you stop going to God to find out whether what you're doing is the right thing. Sometimes knowledge can be a problem. Can I just say that? There have been times when, even recently, that you know, somebody will come up for counseling. And you know, there are times when I think, gosh, wouldn't it be nice? Because I know there are professional counselor, counselors out there. You know? And some days I have this fleshly thought. Okay? <laughs> okay? I just think, wouldn't it be nice just to kind of you know, know that, okay, this person is saying these things. Therefore, you know, dot, 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 these are the things that you would say back to them. And, you know, because that's what the, the courses do. I've done some courses. Okay? And, and, and it never sticks. And I realize why one day. Because while you're thinking about that, God can't, you know, God can't say anything He wants to say to you. Because you override it with, no, don't worry God, I've got this. Are you all with me? And one of the things I realized is that people don't tell you what exactly they're thinking. I mean, in the movies, that's different, it's a movie. <laughs> okay? You know, when, when they're saying something and the guy goes, oh yeah, I know what's really happening here. Most people have no idea. They're not God. You know what I'm trying to say? They can only go by what you're saying. And there's no like secret, you know, where they say this and what they really mean is that. And uh, there's no such thing. That stuff is in fantasy land. The only place that happens is when you're listening to God. And so, what, as, you know, whenever I have those thoughts and I think, oh God, wouldn't it be nice? He goes, why, you want to do it without me? And I go, Lord. And he goes, that's what you're looking for. The flesh is always looking to do things on its own. Have you noticed? It's always looking for the easy way out. Do you know why? It takes effort to, to turn to God and ask Him, what's going on here? And this is, you know, just in the last, say, week, week and a half, you know, ministered to two different people and been two different things. Totally different things. And I've been sitting there and God has said, this is what's actually going on, so start talking in these terms and they'll get it. And so you just let them talk and when they finish, you know, see, you can't do this. That, uh, there's no book that shows you this. Except the Bible. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, and so, you know, I'm listening and I said, God, and he said, give him this example, take him over here, say this. To he just told me everything to do, I just did that. And the face just changed. And it was something that you just wouldn't even think that that was the problem. Are you all with me? That is supernatural counseling. 
Amen? And that's what God wants all of us to do. If I'm not doing a counseling course here, it's because of that. I'd much rather teach you the Word of God and teach you how to get in contact with God. He'll talk to you. So that when you're dealing with the situation, you've got the author of all things there. The creator of everything. He knows the hearts of people. And whatever they're saying out of their mouth, he knows really what is going on in their heart and in their life. And he'll let you know. And then you need to be very compassionate, kind, loving in the way you deal with it. Amen? Amen. Otherwise, he'll stop talking to you. All right. Um, (laughs) Let's move on. So number one, one of the things that you do, and this is what I was sort of talking to you about before, is that whatever you do, always check with God about timing, not just what a person can do. And that was one of the biggest mistakes I made. See, nobody talked about timing. I'll guarantee you, any course you do that talks to you about leadership won't talk to you about timing. They'll talk to you about how to recognize a gift, how to use it, how to get it going, blah, blah, blah. They will never talk to you about timing. Do you know why? Timing has to do with God. Timing has to do with God saying to you, now. And sometimes that now takes a long time (laughs) before you get to the now. And you don't want to wait that long. Because in the world, you got to have your two-year plan, your six-year plan, your ten-year plan, you got to, okay, your six-month plan, and if you don't have a plan, you're going to, you know... you know the old saying, right? Uh, to fail to plan is to plan to fail. I think that's how it goes. Something like that, you know? And so they, 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 they use all these cute little sayings to, to get you literally off God's timing and in a sense off track and get you in a place where things are happening before you're ready for them and before the people that you've called into those things are ready for them as well. And so that's one of the things that I realized that, hang on a second, just listen. I'm going to give you some gold now. You ready? Just because God has called people to a ministry doesn't mean that they are ready to minister right then and there. He has called them there. See, when I look at you guys, I'm, at this point in time, I'm not going to ask you to do anything until you tell me I want to do something and I feel like I can do this. Do you hear me? There was a time I'd look at you and go, well, I think Leo probably could be really good at this and I'll put you there. And Susanna, you probably probably really good at this and I'll put you there. And you know what will happen? After a little while, you'll burn out. Do you know why? Because even though you have gifts in those areas, it's not in God's time. So whatever you're doing now, you're doing in the flesh. And when the time is right, you'll probably be burnt out by then. And you're no longer here. Then God will hold me responsible for what I did with the gifts He sent me that I misused. So we don't do that anymore. You know one of the things that I do now? I ask God. I'm, I'm sharing some ministerial things with you guys. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sort of feeling to share this with you. I asked God at one point in time. I said, how do I know when people are ready? You know, what's the clue? <laughs> you know? Do you know what he said to me? He said, just watch. That's all he said. I said, what? He said, just watch. He said, whatever people are doing, that's what they're ready for. You see, when I look around, whatever you're doing, that's what you want to do. That's what you're ready to do. Because as soon as you're ready to do something, you start doing it. God will bless you, and things will start working. 
My job is simply to watch and recognize what's going on. And once you're doing it, then I know that's it. You're doing it. Now I can put you somewhere, <laughs> you know, because you're already doing it. Now you're kind of going, okay, I'm doing something. Is there here? Is there somewhere here I can do this? Because otherwise I'm just doing it out there somewhere by myself, you know. And, and synergy works, you know, as in the more of us that come together doing things, the more we can get done. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen. Together, okay. That's, that's the thing. So that's, that's all I do now. So when, when you know, when, when we sort of are doing things, especially we're coming to a place now where, um, people are being mobilized and, and people are starting to do things and I'm beginning to recognize their gifts. And so I'm saying, okay, you're doing this. How about we do this? And they're like, oh, that's awesome. Let's go and do that. So there's no, there's no like, okay, can you do this please? And, and push, 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 you know, a dead horse up a mountain. You know what I'm trying to say? It, they're already running. All you do is point them in the right direction. And we're there. Amen? And that's one of the things that you need to do at home as well. Sometimes we need to be a little bit patient with our family because they need some time to grow up and let you know that they're ready to do certain things. I haven't pushed my kids into doing anything. I've just watched them because of this lesson I learned. And you know what? When the time is right, when they're doing stuff, they want to do stuff. They're not doing because they have to do stuff. They're doing because they want to do stuff. You know what happens when you do stuff because it's coming from your heart? You get blessed. Amen? Because God is looking for that. Amen? Amen. All right. Um, wow. Let, let, me just <laughs> let me just reread this. So I've said here again, no single individual can effectively fulfill a God-given ministry. There will be others that are called by God to help fulfill it. And it is only in prayer that we will recognize that calling and allow them to help us with the load. See, that's, that's another thing that, you know, there are leaders out there that people are... I, I look at it and I think that person's ready to do something. But the leader is insecure. Can I, can I say that? Okay, they don't want anybody showing them up. They don't want anybody helping them because maybe they'll be better than them. You know, I learned something a long time ago. I'm not good at everything. And if you're good at it, hallelujah, then I, don't have to st- I can stop struggling trying to do something I'm not really good at. You can do it. Yeah, but what if they're great? If they excel, if they do awesomely, I'm thrilled. I don't have an issue with that. Are you all with me? Amen? But there are some people out there, see again, if you don't do this in prayer, all, you know, the flesh gets involved in this. And then you start to push people away from you. Because you, know, you don't know how they're going to show you up. Sweetheart, you're already showing yourself up by doing things like that. You know? Amen? Alright. And that's why I said, allow them to help us with the Lord. Alright, let, let me read the next one and then we'll come back after the break. Secondly, as William Hendrickson points out, the doing away of Jesus was already being discussed. All right, this is getting rid of him. Okay, and so Jesus knew that the preaching of the gospel needed to continue, and for this reason, Jesus decided to surround himself with a little band of witnesses, so that through their testimony, this important task might be carried out after his own death and departure to heaven. He himself, the gloriously exalted Christ, through his Spirit, was going to continue to work and teach by the agency of these followers. Amen. And that's the other thing, legacy. What you pass on. Amen. What happens when you're not there anymore? 
Amen? If you train up people, if they receive from you, they will carry out their work. Do you know why? Because it's not you, it's God. Are you all with me? Amen? And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm not concerned to a degree about what happens next, because if I've done my job right and I've connected you with God, God will carry this out. See, I don't want another bunches of me out there. What I want to do is give you the very best that I have so that you can be the very best that you are. That's why I always get concerned, you know, when you know, they have church X here and church X over there and church X over here. Church X over here, where it started, that was that pastor's vision. You can't have another person having exactly the same vision. So Church X should allow this pastor to go and say, listen, I know you want to start up another Church X, but why don't you start up a Church Y? We'll support you, we'll look after you, but you need to minister the way God has called you to minister. Amen? And you need to follow the vision God has given you. Are you all here? But you know what? There's pride, isn't there? There's, oh, Church X can say, it's got six X's on this planet now. In very prominent places. Are you all with me? And we need to be careful that doesn't happen. Amen? Alright, I've run out of time. (laughs) We'll continue on and have a shorter session in the next session. Amen.